Well, when I was uh, with you last, uh, we talked about unity in the Spirit and how um, the Holy Spirit works in the body of Christ to bring about unity in the body of Christ and how the Holy Spirit will always be about unity. And so we talked about how unity is a God thing. Unity is a God thing. And we know that family is a God ideal. That's something that God institutionalized, family. So that's a God ideal. And we know that uh, God has the family in this earth, the family of God in this earth, so that he can display what the concept of unity looks like. In particularly, uh, the uh, family of God, the church, the body of Christ, uh, is here so that it can demonstrate to the world what the Godhead looks like in terms of unity. And so we uh, talked about those things, and uh, I'm going to continue to some degree along those lines of uh, unity in the spirit, but I'm going to uh, talk about unity in the spirit in relation to giving, unity in the spirit through your giving. We, uh, a number of us, attended a uh, conference in Alexandria, Louisiana, this past week, um, along with the pastors. And um, it seemed that the uh, theme of that conference was expansion, expansion. Uh, there was one speaker there, Joel Sims, who talked about uh, there's always more with God. <laughs> there's always more with God. So, so if we are not experiencing more, number one, it's not God's fault. Number two, Y'all want me to give you number two? <laughs> number one, is, it's not God's fault. So number two, it's obvious. It's my fault, right? It's my fault. And so, and so God wants to expand us. God wants to give us more. God wants us to see his kingdom in our lives. And so uh, Brother Copeland he prophesied that 2021 is the year of the local church. The year of the local church, right? Everybody say, that's us. <laughs> the year of the local church. So I believe that one of the ways that uh, the year of the local church is going to be displayed is by way of unity being exhibited in ways that it has never been exhibited before. We're talking about 2021, y'all. In ways that has never been exhibited before. And so we know what the devil said, uh, 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 according to the Lord Jesus Christ, then Matthew's, well, he said of the devil there in Matthew 12, 25, that uh, a kingdom uh, divided against itself will come to desolation. And a city or house divided against itself will not what? Will not stand. 
So if there is a division within, it will not sustain. If there's division within, it will not succeed. And, and so uh, if 2021 is the year of the local church, and as I said, 2021 being a year where the unity in the church will be displayed in ways that has never been done before, then it obviously requires the cooperation of each and every member in the body of Christ. Would you not agree? All right. So we all have a role. We all have a part. We all have a responsibility to cause this un- unity that we're talking about to manifest. Right? Everybody say, I'm going to do my part. So then, Jesus is saying that uh, this unity that he is looking to, uh, uh, it not only, I would, I would say this. I'm not going to say uh, initiate, this uni- unity initiate, because I believe that, you know, uh, obviously we're not the only uh, local church in Las Vegas, and we're not the only body uh, of Christ uh, in this nation. You know, there are bodies of Christ all over the world. And just because, you know, uh, one local church may act one way doesn't mean that another local church is acting a particular way, correct? So Jesus is going to make this happen. Now, we have to get uh, aligned with the will of God where this is concerned. So I believe that one of the ways that uh, unity takes place is through our giving, through our giving. Now, there's all type of ways, you know, for uh, unity to operate in the body of Christ. It, it obviously can operate by us encouraging one another, operate by us serving the kingdom of God. It, it operates in, in a number of different ways. But I believe that uh, our giving is one of the most significant ways that unity takes place in the body of Christ because it requires money in order for the kingdom of God to advance. And, and we're going to look at uh, uh, passage here in the Bible where we see unity and giving connected. And what took place when the the body of Christ, the local church, aligned with the word of God where unity is concerned, and what took place when it did not. Quite interesting. So uh, we, uh, of course, want to just talk a little bit about uh, what is unity. Well, unity, we gave you a definition of unity. Unity is uh, the state of being one or united. The state of being one or united. Unity is also defined as the quality of being one in spirit, sentiment, and purpose. The quality of being one in spirit, sentiment, and purpose. So we know that in order for us to be unified, we have to be one in spirit. Can y'all say amen? Amen. We got to be one in spirit. We have to have uh, one purpose. We're talking about the local church. And and how many understand that God knows how to uh, bring the universal church into one when each local church is doing its part? He can handle it. We just, we just have to do our part. He can handle his, right? So, so I want you to uh, turn 
to uh, the book of Psalms 133 again. We went there the last time. We talked about this. And um, I want you to turn there again. Uh, y'all know what uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 110 says? It says, I beseech you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, right? And that there be no division in the body. Everybody say no division in the body. No division in the local church. That there be no division in the local church. So Psalms, here in the book of Psalms 133, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the, the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Harmon descending upon the mountains of Zion, and there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. So if if y'all recall, we extracted five benefits uh, of uh, unity from this uh, passage, from this chapter right here, right? And those five benefits, I'll give them to you again. The five benefits, number one was unity pleases God. Everybody say, I want to please God. So he says, how good and how pleasant, how good and how pleasant, unity pleases God. Number two, unity ushers in the anointing of God. Unity ushers in the anointing of God. That oil that is poured upon the head of Aaron is representative, is symbolic of the anointing. And we know that uh, uh, according to uh, Psalms 133, that the anointing starts at the top. He poured it on his head first, right? Ran down his beard, his garment. So it, it, it starts at the top and it's funnel, funneled uh, throughout the body of Christ, throughout that local church, right? Number three, unity brings the blessing of God into the lives of united Believers, unity brings the blessing of God. Now, I know I don't have to ask y'all this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. How many of y'all like blessing? <laughs> I know we were, we, we was, we're not going to have to pray for anybody tonight. Because I don't know anybody who don't like blessings. If they are, they're just not in their right mind. Number four. Uh, let me just... Um, It says, I said that unity brings the blessing of God into the lives of united believers. Number four, I'll just go back and give you uh, from uh, Psalms 133 where that is taken from. In verse three, it says, it is like the dew of Harmon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. The Lord commanded the blessing. So unity brings the blessing of God. In fact, that's where God commands his blessing. In other words, if, 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 if we are in unity, God commands blessing on that. And if God commands it, nobody can get in the way of it. I said, I said nobody can get in the way of it. The only way that blessing can be stopped is by me, Darnell, myself. Right. And, and how would I stop that? Because I, I'm, I'm in schism. I'm in division. I, I'm in offense. I'm in this, that and other. Right. Stopping the blessing of the Lord. God commands this blessing where there is unity. Number four, 
Unity brings life forevermore. Y'all say forevermore. Say, that's a long time. That's a long time, right? Unity brings life forevermore. That's at the end of uh, verse 3. Life forevermore. And this is the one that we are going to uh, target and focus on tonight. Number five, unity strengthens and builds the church. Unity strengthens and builds the church. So we're going to focus on number five tonight because we're talking about uh, unity in the spirit through giving. Unity in the spirit through giving. So it says, in, and again, Psalms 133.3, it says, It is like the dew of Harmon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Now, Zion is a type of the church. It's representative of the church, right? So in all of the ways to, uh, uh, to, for unity to take place, uh, as I said, I believe that the given, given from believers, of believers, is one of the most significant ways um, where unity takes place. And every believer has a role to play in this. Turn to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. And we're going to look at verse 11. Reading from the uh, New King James Version. New King James. Ephesians 4.11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. Everybody say, I'm no longer crying. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him. Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things in him. Now there are some, I'll just say, places or some churches in the body that are not speaking of giving of finances in love. And if that is not taking place, then there is lack there. There is lack there. How do we know? How do we know that, you know, there is, um, I'll just say, a large percentage of the church that uh, don't even tithe? We know by statistics. And the bio, uh, uh, statistics show that 95% of the church don't tithe. Well, the United States, there are churches all over this, this land. So if only 95% of the church, uh, or 95% of the church do not tithe, I would venture to say that there is a lack of speaking the word of God concerning giving, concerning your finances in love. Listen, if it's not being taught in the church, then that individual who is responsible for leading that church is not loving the flock that he leads the way he should. 
Because, look, it doesn't matter how many ways you cut it. It takes money. And, and, and if you are, are in a place and you're not getting taught the word of God, I am so thankful. I am so thankful that I learned in this house, this is the only one I ever had, that I learned the principles of giving <laughs> Listen, it did not only impact my life, but the lives, the many lives. It's countless. Do you? This church is a given church. We're going to read some statistics, uh, you know, concerning this upcoming campaign. Uh, and we, as a church, as a body, gave over $400,000, you know, into missions and, uh, you know, feeding the poor and reaching out uh, in the city, in the community, in the nation, in the world. But if we had not been taught that, you think I'm going to learn just because someone sets a bucket at the uh, back of the, uh, the sanctuary and, and don't say anything about it? I'm going to walk right by that bucket. What is that for? Trash? Put your trash in. No, you got to be taught the word. You have to be taught. And if 95% of the body of Christ is not tithing, then the word is not being taught someplace. It's not being, people are not hearing it. You can't, you can't do it if you don't hear it. So with where that particular subject comes, uh, is concerned, you know, uh, 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 James says, uh, don't be just hearers of the word, but doers thereof. Well, if I don't hear it, I can't do it. How? Well, I'm not going to keep on there. I know I'm speaking to the choir, but listen. Again, if 95% is not tithing, I'm not always just speaking to the choir. You know, just do the math. Now, I got some good stuff to say. I think what I've said so far is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I'm talking about money. I'm not talking about sex. <laughs> I'll let Pastor Andrew teach on that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, but speaking the truth in love, why? That they may grow up in all things. That sounds like that when the truth is taught in love, that there comes a, a, a growth and a development and a maturity. You know, believers, Christians begin to mature when the truth is taught. Of course, everything that we do where the word of God is concerned should be done in love, you know. We can't even exercise faith without love, right? So it all should be done in love. But there are things that take place, you know, when we're teaching. And we're talking about finances right now. 
Verse 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Now we probably can start right there and, 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 and we can say, he said it. The, the, the word of God just said it. Every part does its share. One of the quotes uh, where our uh, rising bill campaign is concerned is not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. Every part does its part. Now, if you look at that verse of scripture right there, you will see that if every part is not doing its share, then something is not functioning right because he says that there's a supply, there's a supply that is given. And we all have a supply. Pastor Andy said this morning, uh, he says, um, you know, even when my youth are concerned, I encourage them to get involved. And, and they may say, they may say, well, I don't have a job. I don't have any money. And he says, uh, can you believe God for a dollar? And they says, yeah, I can do that. So in, in, in essence, what that is saying is that no one has an excuse. Every, come on, y'all. Every part do its share. And I tell you what, God is not trying to get anything from us. He's trying to get something to us. That's his, that's his heart. That's his determination. That's his motive to get it to us. And so when, when we said earlier that uh, in the Bible, uh, something about finances or something related to possessions is mentioned uh, 2,350 times. Does that help us to understand something about God's heart where money is concerned? <laughs> and, and, and every time God is pointing or talking about money, guess what? It's for our benefit. It's for our benefit. Can y'all see that? Okay, so... I like you guys' enthusiasm. And then at the end of that, it says, it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There's the word growth again. Remember we said a few minutes ago, uh, the, the theme that uh, ran throughout that conference was expansion. You know, more, God always have more, right? Well, growth is expanding. <laughs> and, and it's not only about growth of the body. There is an understanding that comes to the person who decides that they are going to, you know, put God first, seek first the kingdom of God. There is something that comes to them. It changes your entire paradigm about money altogether. In fact, you get to a place where you enjoy doing this stuff. You know, it's not, it's not a uh, chore. You want to do it. You want to give. 
Because things are maturing. Things are expanding. Things are growing. And y'all know that God is all about growth. Can y'all say amen to that? Praise the Lord. So let me um, give you the connection here where unity and giving is concerned. Turn to uh, the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Y'all there? And verse 32. I'm going to try and read uh, 32 through uh, chapter 5, verse 11, if I can um, make it there. Acts 4.32, New King James. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither... Did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own? But they had all things in common. What does that sound like? One heart, one soul. Unified. Right? And so much so that they uh, put the scripture in in motion, uh, prefer others over yourself. They didn't even think about themselves. Verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say great power. power. All right. Now, what he's talking about there, uh, where there's unity, it ushers in the anointing. With great power. (laughs) So the power of God is present where there's unity. But not only is the power of God present because of the unity there, as we, read, as we read down through this, we'll see one of the things that took place during this whole process of being unified. And great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. He didn't just say grace. He said great grace. This is, a, this is a result of unity in the local church, in the body of Christ. Great grace. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. There was no one among them who lacked. In other words, there was nobody there who was on welfare. There was nobody there dependent on the government. There was nobody there with their hands out. Nobody lacked anything here. Why? Unity in the body of Christ. Unity in the local church. No lack. I like that. I've had him and I've had not. I like having. No one lacked for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. So they're just bringing it in. They're bringing the money. This is, this is uh, cash that they are bringing. They sold uh, uh, property, lands, possessions, and now they, they've gotten uh, revenue for it. They've got money, and they're bringing it in. And laid them at the apostles' feet. And they dis- uh, distributed to each as anyone had need. Guess what? There was no need that was not met. No need that was not met here. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas, 
as by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and, bought the, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So, because of unity, the Bible says here that no one lacked. The Bible says here that the power of God was present. The Bible says here that there was great grace. The Bible says here that there was unity. And, and because of that unity, the blessing of the Lord is upon them. The blessing of God is upon them. Now, let me show you a contrast to what we just read. Because there was a connection here where there's unity. There's a connection of hearts. And, and uh, according to Matthew 6.21, it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, if your treasure is not in the advancement of the kingdom of God, then your heart is not going to be in the kingdom. If you don't give of your financial resources, then your treasure, that is, in advancing the kingdom of God, then your treasure is some other place. And there's a lot of places that you can call your treasure. And your heart embraces that. But there's only one that has eternal value. And that's the kingdom of God. And so there was a heart connection. They were one in spirit, one in purpose, one in soul. And as a result, their heart was demonstrated by their giving. So let's contrast it. Uh, Acts chapter 5. Uh, verse 1. But a certain man, a man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware, aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay, so we see here that they have this, um, this property, right? They decide to sell it. However, when they bring the proceeds to the apostles, they give a portion of it. it, it, it I, I, I never really understood this fully because uh, as Peter told them, you know, it was yours before you sold it. It was yours after you sold it. So, why lie? <laughs> I mean, it's about choice. Giving is a, is a choice. You know, God is not in the business of, uh, you know, forcing anyone. God is not in, in the business of, of making anyone do anything. If he was, he'd have got you saved a long time ago, the way you were acting. I know, I know he would have me the way I was acting. So, so it was laid at the apostles' feet. Three, number three, uh, verse three. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your, your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own control, in your own control? We have 
uh, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. That was some pretty strong consequences, wasn't it? So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. It didn't say anything about them, uh, you know, uh, giving a ceremony of, you know, all of his uh, achievements and, you know, how much land he had when he was uh, alive. It just says that wrapped him up, carried him out, buried him. Verse 7. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, telling, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Bad move. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will, they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young man came in, found her dead, carried her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Where it says great fear came upon all the church, the Message Bible says that there was a healthy respect. <laughs> a healthy respect. So we see that uh, both uh, Ananias and Sapphira, that they breathed their last. In other words, they died. So we say, because we see it there in the Bible, that they, they died because they lied to God. They lied to the Holy Spirit. That is true. However, I think when, uh, when we look at the big picture here and understand uh, more of what took place in the principles of this whole thing, we will see that uh, Ananias and Sapphira did not only die because they lied to the Holy Spirit, but that death came as a result of the condition of their heart. And so when, when, as we said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Their heart was not connected. They were not in, in unity. They were not uh, unified with, the, uh, with the, uh, the body there. And the, when there's a disconnect for, for Christians, for believers, from the body of Christ, then there are conditions that take place in your heart that causes you to make decisions based on your flesh and based on the influence of the enemy. He said that you have allowed Satan to lie to you. There is a connection that takes place where your finances are concerned. When you are in unity with, uh, with the, in the body of Christ. And God wants us as the body of Christ to understand that it's not only about your physical uh, part being uh, in the local church, a part of the local church, but it's also about the treasure of your heart where your finances are concerned. And so God wants each and every one of us to have his best 
And God's best is when we dwell together in unity, not only in the physical, but also the giving of our financial resources. And God will bless. In fact, he will command his blessing on your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and goodness. We thank you for this time, Lord, in your word. We thank you that your word goes forth out of your mouth and it never returns void unto you. But your word always accomplishes that which pleases you. And we thank you for your word, Lord, prospering in our hearts even now. Thank you, Lord, that we are doers of the word and not just hearers, hearers only. Father God, our all belong to you. And we, Father, determine to give you our all in every way. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, it's quite possible that you are viewing via live stream tonight or maybe in this room as well, and you have not taken the time to pray and personally ask Jesus Christ into your heart, and we certainly uh, would not want you to leave this time with us without us introducing you to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said that unless a man or woman is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the way you get to God is through the person of Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Uh, so let's just um, uh, pray this prayer after me. Say, oh God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for my sin. I thank you, God, that you raised Jesus from the dead. I declare him as Lord of my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer tonight, you are a new creation in Christ. Old things have just passed away. All things are brand new. Welcome to the family of God. It's quite possible that there are uh, those of you who have um, gotten away from the Lord and you would uh, desire to be restored to fellowship with your Heavenly Father tonight. We want to pray for you as well. And I uh, want you to know that God's arms are open unto you and he is there to receive you back. So let's pray this. Say, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that that blood is sufficient to cleanse me, to wash me from all unrighteousness. Father, forgive me for sinning against you. I am sorry. I thank you for forgiving me, for cleansing me, for restoring me. In Jesus' name, amen.